Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen Center for Media Evangelization in Ewing, New Jersey. Welcome to Come to Me with Jim Manfredonia. Stay tuned for an hour of talk, reflections, and meditations on topics that are important to today's Catholics. And now, here is your host, Jim Manfredonia. And a very good day to you, my friends. Welcome once again to Come to Me. My name is Jim Manfredonia, and as always, it is a great joy to be here with you. As the Lord allows us this time every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 4 p.m. live here on these domestic church media stations. And uh, repeats those same days at 10 o'clock at night. And I know I I do hear from you, and uh, there are uh, many of you who do listen at 10, so thank you for doing that. I'm praying you're having a blessed, happy, and holy January 9th. Already January 9th. My goodness. And a little nippy out there yesterday, today, but they're saying this weekend is going to be close to 70. So get out the tennis rackets and the golf clubs, I suppose. Uh, Beautiful day. Uh, Day's coming. Every day's beautiful. You know, you can't beat uh, this. I I like the fact there's no rain and no snow. There's no snow or ice. Now, we may not be that blessed later on in the winter. We're... uh, We're enjoying the days as they come. Uh, Today, of course, Thursday, it is Catechism Day, but I also want to share with you yesterday, Holy Father's general audience. I wasn't with you yesterday. I had to put a repeat on. I had a little little dental work done that um, prevented my mouth from operating, so uh, I couldn't be here, Uh, but live today. And I always like to share with you Holy Father's general audience, especially as he um, teaches from the Acts of the Apostles. I've I've always been a, a... it's one of my favorite books in the uh, Bible and in the New Testament, especially uh, the Acts of the Apostles, because it, it, it tells the story of the, the, the birth of the church and the great love that the first Christians had for their faith and their zeal and their desire to uh, be united as one in Christ as the church grew in that first century. So Holy Father's been teaching from the Acts of the Apostles, I believe, since last summer. I think he began that in, in maybe August or so. So anyway, we'll go there today as well. We're going to pray first, though, my friends. And as always, I invite you to join me in praying wherever you are listening. And if you are watching, we are coming to you live on our video platforms today. Uh, our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash domesticchurchmedia. You can watch the program on your tablet, your smartphone, uh, if you have uh, our mobile app, you can watch uh, the program right there uh, on our mobile app. Um, if you have a smart TV, maybe you're sitting in your living room or your family room, put on your smart TV and uh, tune into the Domestic Church Media channel on YouTube. You can watch us right there on your big TV screen. Also coming to you live on Facebook, facebook.com slash domesticchurchmedia. And thanking all of you for being a part of our domestic church media family, and all the other ways we come to you, streaming audio, as I said, on our mobile app, we're streaming there on our mobile app with the the domestic church media app. Uh, We're also coming to you uh, on our, or on the Amazon Echo device and also the YouTube, uh, the uh, the Google Home devices. You can listen that way as well. 
We're going to pray this prayer for the new year, my friends, and then we'll pray our prayer to St. Michael and to Blessed Mother, as Holy Father requested. So let's begin gathering together from wherever you are listening or watching, bringing your prayer intentions now as we come together as the brothers and sisters in the Lord and raise these intentions to the heavenly heights, to the throne of Almighty God. We begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O sacred and adorable Trinity, hear our prayers on behalf of our Holy Father, the Pope, our bishops, our clergy, and for all that are in authority over us. Bless, we beseech thee, during the coming year, the whole Catholic Church convert heretics and unbelievers. Soften the hearts of sinners so that they may return to thy friendship. Give prosperity to our country and peace among the nations of the world. Pour down thy blessings upon our friends, relatives, and acquaintances, and upon our enemies if we have any. Assist the poor and the sick. Have pity on the souls of those whom this past year has taken from us. And do thou be merciful to those who during this coming year will be summoned before thy judgment seat. May all our actions be preceded by thy inspirations and carried on by thy assistance, so that all our prayers and works having been begun in thee may likewise be ended through thee. Amen. And we'll pray the prayer to St. Michael the Archangel and the beautiful ancient prayer to our Blessed Mother, the Subtum Presidium prayer that our Holy Father asked the faithful to pray every day. He asked us to pray these prayers every day to protect the church from the attacks of the devil. And so we pray, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray for us. St. Pope John Paul II, pray for us. Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. And uh, again, as always, friends, I thank you for praying together and encourage you to uh, send in your prayer requests because we do love to hear from you and we do love to pray for you. As you know, Bruce DeBacco is here every first and third Monday uh, at 3 o'clock to open up the airwaves to pray with you and pray for you. But we pray for you throughout the week. Uh, I go into the chapel here, the beautiful little chapel we have, the Chapel of the Holy Family, where we have the Blessed Sacrament reserved in the tabernacle. Bring your prayer requests with me. We have a beautiful little prayer basket in there and place those prayers at the foot of the altar. And in both my morning and evening prayer and daytime prayer in the chapel, we pray for you. And we also pray for you during our Holy Masses when we have Mass here. We always include our listeners and their intentions so please keep those intentions coming. And also don't forget, these months of January, February, March, uh, they are a little lean for us usually. Uh, in the course of our history, we've found that these first three months of any new year tend to be a little uh, low on donations. People are very generous during December, but maybe when those Christmas bills start coming in, cut back a little bit uh, in the uh, distribution of their charitable gifts. So I'll ask you and invite you, please don't forget about us. You know, we, we did come close, and I want to thank all of you who did respond to our December 
fundraising efforts. We set a goal of $75,000. We came close to raising $69,000. Thanks be to God and thanks to you. Uh, not quite there, but that number, hoping if we had reached that 75000 would have put us in a position that would make us a little more comfortable during these first few months of the new year. But God takes care of us. I was sharing with board members the other day. We had a lovely, lovely little Christmas gathering, uh, the board of directors of Domestic Church Media, on the Feast of the Epiphany. And um, I shared with them that, you know, no matter how many times we get into certain precarious financial situations, perhaps at the end of any given month or at the end of any given year, uh, the Lord always takes care of us. He, he's, he always takes care of us. And so he does that through you, inspiring you to be generous, uh, to be uh, charitable, and to share some of your blessings with us. So thank you for that. And we do need you. There's so much work to be done. You know, I have a lot on my heart this year about things that I would like to do that I believe the Lord is asking us to do. Not, It's not about me, but about what the Lord is directing us to do. Uh, we always do these things in prayer. In fact, I, whenever I pray this prayer that we pray together, this New Year prayer, I love that particular line in the prayer where we pray. Let me get to it here. May all our actions be preceded by thy inspiration and carried on by thy assistance, so that our works and prayers having been begun in thee, may likewise be ended through thee. So what a beautiful end, uh, the prayer that is, and what a beautiful prayer a prayer to pray in anything that we do in this life, that we are doing it as an inspiration from Almighty God to give him greater glory. That's what this is all about. That's why we do these things. And so, again, I thank you for all that you do for us. Um, just going to share with you some of our Holy Fathers. Well, you know, first before we go, I, I was thinking about this today too at Mass. The, the today's first reading from John. I'm going to pull up my little app here. There we go. If you have not downloaded the Domestic Church Media app, it's free. You should download it because we have all and so many things on there for you. Not just uh, information about us and our streaming audio and our video and things, but we also have all these other resources for you, like the Mass Readings of the Day, like the Liturgy of the Hours, the Vatican website, the Monitor, the official newspaper of the Diocese of Trenton, all the National Catholic Register, all these. And I added on uh, Saint of the, well, Saint of the Day is on there. I added on Novenas, so there's all kinds of Novenas on there now. Um, but anyway, so let's go to the first reading. This is from First Letter of John, Chapter 4. This is today's first reading. And I, I was having conversation earlier today with a friend, a dear friend who stopped by, and we were having good conversation about where we're going as a church and where these lay apostolates, because my friend who was visiting me today, we were discussing a particular project that we're hoping to work on this year, a little surprise project, hopefully, that we'll be able to announce uh, somewhere down the road. Um, but talking about Catholic lay apostolate and how the church— Today and part of our catechism teaching today will be from the catechism on the church. I, I thought there too I was being led in that direction to teach on from the catechism today the church, the people of God, and 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 who we are and why we're here. And there's so much to be done and so much work to be done in so many areas. Um, but we were discussing this about the importance of having Catholic lay apostolate because. The Lord is asking lay people to do this great work of evangelization. We're all 
called to be evangelists just by virtue of our baptism. We're all called to be missionary just by virtue of our baptism. Some of us are given the tasks that we have, for instance, here at the Apostolate in, in, in radio and audio and, and video and using these various media to proclaim the gospel. <clears throat> and as I've said so often, and as I was sharing with my friend earlier today uh, about this, that I really feel led and called, and we need to continue to build up the church, not tear down. We need to love, and we need to do exactly what Jesus told us to do, to go out into the whole world and proclaim the good news, not to go out into the world and start pointing fingers and tearing down and criticizing and pointing out faults, etc. I was thinking about this today. I was sitting here in, in, in uh, the chapel, and I thought this might be an interesting exercise. You know, think of when we all have them, there are things about us, each one of us, that we would like to change. It might be a particular habitual sin, you know, whatever that might be. But I want you to think about that, something negative about yourself, because we all, you know, we all have things about ourselves that we'd like to improve on. And, and whether it be, you know, maybe we tend to gossip or maybe we tend to, to calumniate or maybe we tend to, you know, tell little white lies or whatever the whatever the negative characteristic is or sin, think about that. Just bring it to mind. And I have many, <laughs> but I can, I'll think of one. And think of if that's the only thing God knew you by. Think about that. If, if, if we accentuate the negative in any person, and that's all we do is focus on that negative characteristic or that negative component or that negative part of that person, and that's all we knew that person by, and that's all God knew that person by, we'd be doomed, right? We're all human, and we all have faults, and there are many things. We all sin. I remember Holy Father Pope Francis a while back said, God knows us by our name, not by our sins. And we need to do the same. So in today's first reading from the uh, book of John, he writes, Beloved, we love God because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, but hates his brother, he's a liar. For whoever does not love a brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. This is the commandment we have from him. Whoever loves God must also love his brother. Everyone who believes that Jesus Christ is begotten by God and everyone who, who loves the Father loves also the one begotten by him. In this way, we know that we love the children of God when we love God and obey his commandments. For the love of God is this, that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome, for whoever is begotten by God conquers the world, and the victory that conquers the world is our faith. And that's from the first reading today. When we see so much hate in the world, we see so much division, dissension, criticizing, 
pointing out others' faults and failures. We're, we, we, we tend to become miserable by that. People sometimes just seem like they're miserable. And it is so unbecoming of a Christian and so unbecoming of a Catholic to be such a negative person, always looking for the, 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 the faults of another, always pointing out the failures of another, always criticizing. And Jesus calls us to love. And John puts it well in this fourth chapter when he says, if anyone says, I love God, but hates his brother, he's a liar. So we have to be aware of that. And as I've said many times on this program, and for our, the sake of our apostolate, I believe we are here, we are called here at Domestic Church Media to build up the kingdom of God, to build up the church here on earth, not to tear it down. And I will not be a part of that. Can't. I trust in God. God God is in control. And yes, by his permissive will, he does allow evil things to happen, but only to bring about a greater good. We want to live in faith, live in truth. That's the key. Live in truth, whose name, uh, Jesus says that, I am the truth and the way and the life. So I'm, I'm really hoping this 2020, this year, especially in our church, we all begin to realize that we're, we're all brothers and sisters in the Lord. We have differences. We have different opinions of perhaps. But if we all live in truth and we all live in love, this kingdom on earth will be built up and not torn down. And division will begin to wane. But we have to really do all that we possibly can to avoid being divisive and, and being in the middle of division, being the source of division. So let's let's do this. Let's go to Holy Father's teaching uh, from his general audience today. And he said, well, let me go to the right page here. He said, a new year, but a continuing catechesis on the Acts of the Apostles. The Holy Father was in Pope Paul VI Hall today. And, of course, the weather this time of year in Rome can be a little inclement, so they go inside. And uh, Holy Father was teaching again from the Acts of the Apostles, which sees St. Paul continue his journey not only by land, but now by sea. The Holy Father recalled how Paul, now a prisoner, is taken by ship to Rome into the heart of the empire so that the word of the risen one may be realized. You will be witnesses to me to the ends of the earth. The Holy Father described how on leaving Crete, the journey becomes dangerous and they're shipwrecked, but Paul encourages all on board not to be afraid. And he noted that on landing on Malta, the travelers experienced a warm welcome, but he goes on to say their time there is not without hazards. Paul himself is bitten by a viper, but is unharmed, and he goes on to heal many people on the island. The Holy Father pointed out that Paul's sea voyage can serve as a symbol of God's providential care for us through our passage from death to life in the waters of baptism. 
He also emphasized that a tried Christian, Christians who go through trials, can certainly become closer to those who suffer, making his heart open and sensitive to solidarity with others. Uh, Holy Father said, Paul teaches us to live trials by clinging to Christ in order to mature the conviction that God can act in any circumstance, even in the midst of apparent failure, and the certainty that those who offer themselves and give themselves to God out of love will surely be fruitful. One thing we learn throughout the history of our church, my friends, is the value of suffering the salvific value of suffering, from beginning with with Christ himself on the cross, his passion, his crucifixion, his death. And go down, with the exception of John, all of the apostles died a martyr's death, horrible martyr's deaths. You know, anytime anybody questions the divinity of Christ or the, the acceptance of Christ's death and rising from the dead, perhaps calling it a hoax or the the apostles stole his body, all the old lies that have been going on since uh, that first Easter morning. Just go down the list of all the apostles, with the exception of John, and John was was saved from from martyrdom. The Blessed Mother was placed in his care. But all the other apostles suffered a martyr's death. All you have to do is go down through, you know, out of those other uh, 11 men or 10 men who suffered a martyr's death. If it was a hoax, nobody dies for a lie, you know. Just go down the list of how they died. Uh, Was it it St. Bartholomew was skinned alive? We know St. Peter was crucified upside down because he didn't feel he was worthy of being crucified in the same manner as his Lord. St. Andrew was crucified in in the shape of an X. Just go down the list and see how they died. If this was a lie, if this was a hoax, if this was something they uh, uh, created and hid the body and so people would think that Jesus rose from the dead and they died in this manner for that lie, it's impossible. So we know that down through the ages, we read the stories of the martyrs, the great martyrs, those who give up their lives for the Lord. In fact, today I was listening, I don't know if you heard this morning, Father John Ricardo, uh, who airs on our stations on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 8 a.m. He was talking about just that. He was talking about martyrdom and how people die, and he was teaching uh, talking about Mass, and he was talking about how we pray at Mass, and he was talking about when we pray any of the prayers throughout the course of the Holy Sacrifice, but he mentioned the Creed, and he was saying how we sometimes pray the Creed when it comes time, and we just recite. We're not really praying. We're just reciting by memory the words, and our mind may be wandering. And he said, but let me remind you, in the course of our church's history, people have died for that Creed. They've given up their lives for that creed. And so we on a Sunday morning are praying it and yawning and thinking, okay, what time does the game start? While we're praying, he made us stop and think. So Holy Father today said that Paul, in this uh, particular uh, passage from 
the Acts, where Paul was shipwrecked and bitten by a viper, bitten by a viper, and, uh, that Paul teaches us to live by trials by clinging to Christ in order to mature the conviction that God can act in any circumstances, even in the midst of apparent failure, and the certainty that those who offer themselves and give themselves to God out of love will surely be fruitful. And we think about our own faith journey, our own, you know, conversion is a, is a, is a lifelong, St. Pope John Paul II would teach this all the time, that conversion is a lifelong journey. It's not a, a once, one-time shot, you know, that we're continually striving for, for personal sanctification. We, we are all called to be holy, and we all have a way to go in this life because there are so many distractions. There are so many uh, times we fail in that. There are so many times we're uh, diverted from that by the world and the allurement of the world and all that the world offers. We're continually striving for holiness. You know, as, as I have shared with you last month, uh, you know, I turned 65. When you hit 65, it's, I remember when my father turned 65, I thought, I remember thinking at the time, my father on his 64th, 65th birthday, thinking, man, my father's getting old. And now that I'm there, it's not so old. <laughs> but we know that there's more life behind us than there is ahead of us on this earth. There's an eternal life that, that awaits us all. But as far as life on this, in this planet, in this world, as we know it, with every year that passes, and especially if you're like me now, and, and, and I guess officially a senior citizen in all ways and means, and all by all definition, that I have more life behind me than ahead of me. But that's okay in this world, because we know that what awaits us beyond this world is an eternal life. And we have this time here to get ready, to prepare, and to rejoice in that. You know, to really be calling, not that we, you know, we have work to do. I, I do believe the Lord has more things he's, he's asking of me in this life. I, I, I feel it. I believe it. I, I pray that I'm right. <laughs> I was, again, as I was thinking about a lot of things I want to get done this year in the way of evangelization and using the gifts that we have here and the means that we have here. But it's all for, to one end because we're all going through the same door at the end of the day. We're all going down off the same exit ramp as Father Benedict used to say, God rest his soul. We see the lights flashing at the end of the at the end of the uh, exit ramp, you know, awaiting us, and it it awaits us all. We're all, no matter what we do in this life, no matter how much we accumulate or not, or whatever we do, and we're scattered about. We're all going to come through the same passageway to be before God to see Him as He truly is on that last day of our time in this world. And Holy Father today reminds us that it is by trials in this world that really prepare us to bring us closer to Christ and allow us to encounter him in a special way. Even if we fail, God allows these things to draw us closer to him and so that we can continually work on our conversion, continually strive and work on our personal sanctification that will allow us to then at that moment that he calls us home, and that moment will come for each and every single one of us. No one's exempt from this. That moment will come when the Lord will, as they say, tap us on the shoulder <laughs> and say, it's time, come on home. 
and we have all this time to get ready. And if we go back to today's first reading, I, I, I believe, you know, the Lord is going to judge us on how we loved or failed to love in all the areas of life that we have lived and experienced. Did we love? Did we love each other? We can say we love God, and but if, as St. John says, if we, if, we have, if we hate our brother, we're liars. How could we love a God who we don't see if we can't love our brother who we do see? We've got to work on that. And we all have our moments and times, don't we? we, we uh, there are people perhaps we don't get along with, but we still have to love them. There are people whose opinions we don't agree with, but we still have to love them. And you know, the greatest way to love any person is to, to pray for them and pray them into heaven. I pray one day that all the people and, and that I've had uh, issues with in the course of my life, and there have been a number of them, I pray one day that I see them in heaven and that all this is behind us and we rejoice in the presence of God. We rejoice in the glory of God and all those human and worldly emotions that we harbor in this life will be burned away by the, the fires of purgatory and we will then rejoice in the glory of heaven and love in the presence of love, embraced by love, living in love. That's what this is all about. And so, again, Holy Father concluded today his, his catechesis, praying that the Lord would sustain us in our own trials and open our hearts to those who today experience shipwrecks and arrive on our shores. So, again, my friends, we, we thank uh, the Lord for all that he does for us, even in our trials, because we know he allows them to bring about a greater good and teach us how to love. I'll take a break. When I come back, we're going to go to where we go. Oh, the catechism. Okay. We're going to talk about the church and uh, the teaching of the catechism of the Catholic Church on the church, the people of God. So stay where you are, my friends. There's more to come on Come to Me. Mike Walsh, co-host of Talking Catholic. Every week, our show will bring you in-depth interviews with the hardworking people doing the Lord's work in parishes, schools, and ministries. Our increasingly secularized world often makes it easy to forget that we are surrounded by wonderful workers in the vineyard. On Talking Catholic, we will bring you their perspectives on how we can better serve God and our neighbors. Tune in to Talking Catholic on Sundays at 11 a.m. and Mondays at 4 p.m. Here is Mother Angelica speaking about Catholic Radio. There's six billion people, and we've got to reach them all. 
It's people like you, radio stations like your own. And I hope sincerely that people will support you because we need Catholic radio. We need Catholic television. And if we don't have it, we shall answer to God for that because we are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. We're bound by that. Won't you help us spread the good word by praying for us and by making a tax-deductible gift payable to Domestic Church Media? P.O. Box 7509, Trenton, 08628. Or by going to our website, wfjs.org, and making a secure online donation using your Visa or MasterCard. Please contact us today. God love you. We need Catholic Radio. We are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. 60 Seconds with Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. It must be understood at the beginning that the Eucharist may be considered either from the point of view of a sacrament or from the point of view of a sacrifice. In order to understand this distinction, because it is rather a technical one, we go back to the analogy of nature. Every day of your life, you partake of certain food, the products of wheat, vegetables, fish, meat. They all enter into the sustenance of your life. They nourish you, they feed you. But have you ever thought of this other side? Before they can ever nourish you, they must be submitted to some kind of sacrifice. Before they can be the sacrament of your physical life, they must die or be sacrificed. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. I'm Cheryl. And I'm Jim. And we invite you to join us every Friday at 4 p.m. for Friday Live. Two hours of talk, music, interesting, and informative interviews. We'll also have a reflection on Sunday's Gospel, Jim Hoffman's weekend weather forecast, and you'll have a chance to call in and play one of our fun game shows like Saint of the Day or Name That Catholic Tune. It all happens right here Friday at 4 p.m. That's Friday Live, proclaiming the joy of the gospel, communicating hope, on these domestic church media stations. From Moorestown to Manilokan, Bedminster to Brick. Freehold to Fort Dix. Ringo's to Roosevelt. From Old Bridge to Oceanport. Red Bank to Rocky Hill. Proclaiming the joy of the gospel on Domestic Church Catholic Radio. Welcome back. We're going to go to the Catechism of the Catholic Church in just a moment. Uh, we're going to go to the section on the church, the people of God. That's us. But before we do that, uh, I want to remind you that we do have on our website at Domestic Church Media a Catholic Community Bulletin Board, and I encourage you to take a look at that. Just go to our website, domesticchurchmedia.org, and click on the Bulletin Board link, and the calendar will pop up if there's a little circle on any given date. Just click on that. It'll tell you that there's something going on there, sometimes multiple things going on there. 
We know these months, January, February, March, people are looking for things to do. You can't do a lot of things outside of the way. I guess you can this weekend. It's going to be 70 degrees. Um, but uh, all the other types of activities and events that are taking place, if you let us know about them by filling out the event form, we'll be happy to post it on our community bulletin board. And there are some things happening in January, so I do encourage you to take a look at that. I know that the March for Life, I believe, is the 24th of January. So if there is any assistance we can give anybody out there, if you have a bus you're trying to fill or whatever, let us know. You know, this happens every January. There's a lot of stuff going on, but nobody tells us. And <laughs> we're here to announce it. I got a call from someone today asking if we would help promote an event that's happening in the Archdiocese of Philadelphia in April. And they had the same event last year, and we did help them last year. We had a little spot running or something. And she was so grateful. She said, I got to tell you, she said, there were many, many people who came to the event because they heard it on your station. So take advantage of this opportunity. It's free. You know, we're here. Uh, and we have a lot of people listening and, and watching in many ways. So take advantage of it. If you have something going on, like maybe you're having a, a rosary for life, or maybe you're having a, uh, you know, you're trying to fill a bus for the march, whatever, uh, or an event around the march for life, or anything else. Please let us know about it. We want to help you. We want to promote it. We want to put it out there. Go to our website, domesticchurchmedia.org. Click on the bulletin board link. There's an event form. You just fill it out and submit it. We get it, and then we'll post it within a day or two. It gives us a little time to kind of gather the information. We'll post it on our site, and if I have time. Uh, we can announce it here on this program or on our Friday program. But we're happy to do this, and it's free. There's no charge for this. One thing we really want to stress is let's get the word out there about your local Catholic radio station stations here in New Jersey and Pennsylvania that uh, we're here to serve a, a great purpose, that is to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to as many people as possible. You can make a lot of other decisions on what you're going to listen to or watch Many people listen, I, I tell you, throughout the, the Christmas season when we got our our returns from our newsletter, people write little notes on a regular basis or email or call. People are listening, and people's lives are being changed by Almighty God through this apostolate, and it only happens when people know we're here. So spread the word about it. You know, we have those little call-to-listen cards. They're free. And there are little business cards that have all of our information on. You can pass them out, leave them at the diner with your tip, whatever you put them places, and people will pick them up and say, oh, Catholic Radio. I didn't know we had Catholic Radio. Help us out. You know, we've got to get the word out there. Okay, let's go to catechism. And this is the section on the church from the creed, I believe, in the Holy Catholic Church. And this is paragraph two, the church people of God, body of Christ, temple of the Holy Spirit. And this begins on paragraph 781 in our catechism. I do hope that in your home you have a copy of the catechism of the Catholic Church and that you do just what we do here on Thursdays. Just pick it up, go to a couple of paragraphs, and just read and study, learn. This is who we are, and we need to know our faith. So beginning with paragraph 781, our catechism teaches, at all times, 
and in every race, anyone who fears God and does what is right has been acceptable to him. He has, however, willed to make men holy and save them, not as individuals without any bond or link between them, but rather to make them into a people who might acknowledge him and serve him in holiness. He therefore chose the Israelite race to be his own people and establish a covenant with it. He gradually instructed his people. All these things, however, happened as a preparation for and figure of that new and perfect covenant which was to be ratified in Christ in the new covenant in his blood. He called together a race made up of Jews and Gentiles which would be one, not according to the flesh, but in the spirit. And then it lists the characteristics of the people of God. The people of God is marked by characteristics that clearly distinguish it from other religions, ethnic, uh, sorry, other religious, ethnic, political, or cultural groups founded in history. It is the people of God. God is not the property of any one people, but he acquired a people for himself and from those who previously were not a people, a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. One becomes a member of this people not by physical birth, but by being born anew, a birth of water and the Spirit, that is, by faith in Christ and baptism. The people has for its head Jesus Christ, the anointed, the Messiah, because the same anointing, the Holy Spirit, flows from the head into the body. This is the messianic people. The status of this people is that of the dignity and freedom of the sons of God in whose hearts the Holy Spirit dwells as in a temple. Its law is the new commandment to love as Christ loved us. This is the new law of the Holy Spirit. This is all from the Catechism, my friends. Paragraph 782. It is a law, uh, it, I'm sorry, its mission is to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. This people is a mo- most sure seed of unity, hope, and salvation for the whole human race. Its destiny, finally, is the kingdom of God, which has been begun by God himself on earth and which must be further extended until it has been brought to perfection by him at the end of time. So these, in paragraph 782 of our catechism, we as the people of God, this is who we are. It's a lot but let's go through some of these again because it's important to understand who we are. Again, I'll refer back to Father Ricardo in his program this morning in talking about the Mass, which is the ultimate expression of prayer and worship when we come together as the people of God. And Father Ricardo reminded us this morning in his teaching that the Mass is not a personal expression, but rather a communal expression, where the people of God come together. Now, we Catholics have reputations of being um, a bit nonchalant about our liturgy. We go to Mass because we have to. I, I try to get to Mass as often as I can on a regular daily basis. There are some days where my schedule just doesn't allow it, but most days I can, thanks be to God, because I want to. I remember one time somebody saying, I think it was Jeff Gabins, 
from EWTN many, many years ago, who said if, if we are celebrating the liturgy properly and we're in church, in Mass, at Holy Mass, and the world outside the church building ceased to exist at the end of the world came, we wouldn't know it if we're celebrating properly because we are have entered into, into eternity during that the course of that holy sacrifice outside of time, basically. And that's just one expression, of course, but the finest expression, that being the Mass. But as just a people, let's go through some of these characteristics again as outlined in our Catechism in paragraph 782. The people of God is marked by characteristics that clearly distinguish it from all other religious, ethnic, political, or cultural groups found in history. It is the people of God. This is you and me, my friends. God is not the property of any one people, but he acquired a people for himself from those who previously were not a people, a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. One becomes a member of this people not by a physical birth, but by being born anew, a birth of water and the Spirit, that is, by faith in Christ and baptism. And see, this is how, if you think back on your own, uh, your own history, your own family history, uh, one of my sisters has been very uh, diligent in using that Ancestry.com and researching our family history. She's gone back, I think, to the mid-1700s in Italy, uh, as far as our family history goes. But think about every family, every generation. And I've been very blessed in that my family has been faithful in bringing the next generation to the church through being born anew, but this birth of water and the spirit that is faith in Jesus Christ in baptism. And I, I, I am very, very thankful that the next generation, our grandchildren, have been baptized. And I pray the faith continues to be passed on as members of my family are, enter into this membership of the people of God. So we are members, not by any physical birth, the Catechism reminds us, nor, but by being born anew, this birth of water and the Spirit that is by faith in Christ and baptism. This people has for its head Jesus the Christ, the anointed, the Messiah, because this, the same anointing, the Holy Spirit, flows from the head into the body. This is the messianic people. Christ is the head. We're just coming off. We're now in Christmas tide, uh, leading up to Sunday, where we will celebrate in our liturgy the baptism of the Lord, which will uh, liturgically conclude the Christmas season. Although um, many people do take it to February second, the presentation of the Lord, but liturgically, uh, this coming Sunday's liturgy, which is a celebration of the baptism of the Lord concludes the Christmas season. We go back into ordinary time after that. But we celebrate the birth 
of the Messiah, the anointed one. He is the head. Christ is the head. And the Catechism says the status of this people is that of the dignity and freedom of the sons of God in whose hearts the Holy Spirit dwells as in a temple. When I was young, I I never really understood why we uh, have wakes, why we go to kneel before the dead body of someone. And as Christians, Catholics baptized into Christ, we believe that the Holy Spirit dwelt in that body. So that body indeed, our bodies indeed, are temples of the Holy Spirit. Where the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Blessed Trinity, dwelt in the course of our lives. The Catechism says it is, I'm sorry, it's law, meaning the people of God, the law is the new commandment to love as Christ loved us. This is the new law of the Holy Spirit. And we read in John, as I began the program today, today's first reading from the first letter of John, fourth chapter, that we're called to love. Jesus said, in fact, when asked, what's the greatest commandment? And he said, the greatest commandment is to love God with your whole heart, your whole mind, your whole being. But the second is to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Now, you know, we get a little confused sometimes when we think about people who are public sinners, people who are living together as as husband and wife without the bond of marriage, committing the sin of fornication, members of the same sex who are involved in physical relationships, all types of sexual sins. We, we know that there are people who are, are involved in, in illegal activity, theft, and, uh, other types of uh, you know, pornography or prostitution. There are all types of uh, public sinners. And we're... we're People sometimes allow their de- having detest for the sin to also ha- ha- detest the sinner. And, and that's where it becomes difficult for us because we're called not to hate the sinner. We have to hate the sin. But we're still called to love the sinner. It's hard for us, you know, to, to, to sometimes... Sort that out. We know there are people who will, there was the most recent, I didn't see it, but some, apparently on the, the, uh, the awards program the other night, the Golden Globes, some actress uh, who got an award for best something or other made a very uh, bold pro-abortion statement about, you know, woman's right for this, that, or the other thing. And you see a lot of... Uh, memes now on Facebook and and, uh, other social media reacting to that. Certainly, if a woman or any individual is outspoken in favor of the destruction of the unborn child, we're horrified by that. But even with that, my friends, we're still called to love the individual. 
hard when someone is on the complete polar opposite of our value and belief system regarding the unborn child. But this is why, you know, we're called to pray. This is what I said earlier, our greatest expression of love for someone who, especially with enemies or those with whom we, you know, have nothing in common and don't agree, is to pray for them. Pray for them. Pray that one day they'll, they'll, their hearts will be open to truth and their mind will be enlightened to that, with that truth. We are the people of God, and we are called, as the Catechism says in paragraph 782, to love. The law of the people of God is the new commandment to love as Christ loved us. And then the Catechism says, and get on paragraph 782, these are the characteristics of the people of God, us. The mission of the people of God, our mission, to be salt of the earth and light of the world. This people is a most sure seed of unity, hope, and salvation for the whole human race. We don't want the world to become Catholic just for the sake of numbers, just for the sake of becoming Catholic. We don't want people to have conversion into our faith so we can chalk up another one for ourselves and say, see, I had something to do with someone's conversion. That's not the point of any of this. We're called to be salt of the earth and light of the world, to be the seed, as the Catechism says, of unity, of hope, and salvation of the whole human race. When a person converts to Christ, we rejoice and are glad because that soul is saved. We want people to become Catholic, to enter into the fullness of all truth, so that their hearts and minds will be open to the light of Christ and the salvation that he brings them. Could you imagine if, you know, we're seeing a lot these days about war and threats of war and, and the all that's been going on, especially in the Middle East. But could you imagine if we all took on the heart and mind of Christ, if every human being on the face of this planet took on the heart and mind of Jesus Christ? It would be heaven, wouldn't it? But you and I, as members of the people of God, as people of God, we're called to do that. We're called to be the salt of the earth, the light of the world to bring that truth out into the world, to share it with as many people as possible, to be the seeds of unity. This is what I I get so upset about when I see division, I see disunity. We are called to be the seeds of unity, of hope, and salvation for the whole human race. And then the final characteristic listed here in, in paragraph 782 of our catechism regarding the people of God, it's destiny finally is the kingdom of God which has been begun by God himself on earth and which must be further extended until it has been brought to perfection by him at the end of time. This is what I've been saying and the church has been saying since the beginning. We're called to build up the kingdom of God here on earth. 
I sit in our little chapel here every day, and we have the Blessed Sacrament reserved in the tabernacle, and I think to myself what an enormous, an enormous blessing this is that I'm able to sit there with the King of kings and the Lord of lords, really, truly present to us. Heaven on earth, the kingdom being built up, hopefully by what we try to do here every day, to bring out the word made flesh to as many people as possible, to share the joy and the love that comes with being a member of the people of God in the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. The devil hates the church. The devil hates the people of God. He hates you for listening or watching right now. He hates me for doing what I've been doing for almost 25 years now. He can't stand it when you try to be holy. He can't stand it when you try to build up instead of tear down. He loves when we tear ourselves down. Oh, my goodness. He sits back with his feet up and watches us go at each other. He loves it. We're doing his work for him. He didn't do a thing. We are called to build up the kingdom of God here on earth. We are called to build up the church, not tear it down. As the people of God, we are called to be a sign of unity, of hope, and salvation to the entire world. Our catechism says that in paragraph 782, a great paragraph to read today, perhaps as part of your spiritual reading. Go to the catechism, paragraph 782, the characteristics of the people of God, because it speaks of each and every one of us who strives to be holy as members of this holy Catholic Church. Okay, time's up. Join Cheryl and me tomorrow, 4 o'clock. We'll be here. We have some lovely guests lined up. Music, talk uh, for Friday Live tomorrow, 4 o'clock. My friends, have a beautiful rest of your day today. Thank you for being a part of my day. Let's pray for each other. My name is Jim Manfredonia. Thanks for listening. God bless you, and God love you. Well,